Hello everyone, James Baker CPA here, your favorite international tax consultant. Today I have a really good call with a gentleman from India and he has questions about um, rental properties, um, information sharing and reporting, trading and investing, and how to protect his assets and all of that in between all wrapped up together. He was in the US as a resident, but he left and now he's back in India. So there's a lot of transitional stuff we discuss as well. Really good call, especially if you are leaving the US and going back to India and you have rental real estate in the US and you're doing investments because that's exactly his situation. So if that's you, you should definitely watch the whole video. If you're just in India and you have questions, you should watch the video too. It's gonna to be great for you as well. And if you're not from India, you should still watch it because I think it's a great video. There's a lot of topics that are kind of universal that apply and a lot of concepts too. So I'm not gonna waste any more time on my intro. I'm just gonna jump straight to the call and I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you at the very end where I tell you all the secret stuff. That's my hook. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Good morning. Thanks for showing up for the call today. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> what's your What's your name? I'm sorry, I don't have it on here. Your name is uh, Sai? That's fine. My name is Sai. Sai. Yep. Sai, nice to meet you. Where are you calling from today? Uh, I'm in India right now. Awesome, India. So okay. tell me tell me a little bit about your business. What's uh, going on? What are you thinking? Okay, uh, right now this is what's happening. I'm on H1B till now. I'm in USA and then I opened some trading accounts. I have multiple trading accounts which are worth about 200k to 250k which I trade like a day trade kind of thing and since I moved to India right now I just want to see what's the best option for me. Like uh, I know uh, we pay taxes in the resident country, right? So you were on an H1B. You're yes. trading. You're trading on investment accounts in the U.S. Mm -hmm. You left. Did your H1B expire, or you just moved back to in India? You just it didn't expire, but I moved back. Okay, so you moved back, and you're still trading. Yep, I do. Okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, you st now you don't. You have. I mean, I would file a final tax return in the U.S. to kind of break residency from with the IRS, and you probably should give the the um, brokerage. Uh, a WA Ben. I mean, it's not super uh -huh. important because you're not receiving any dividends. But yep. if you don't, if you don't give them a WA Ben, they're going to give you a 1099, and the IRS is going to think that you have income, and it's going to be kind of um, like mis disconnected because as a, as a resident, which you were paying taxes, you had you gave them a W9, and then the brokerage is going to send you a 1099 showing the amount of profits you made with your trading. But when you give mm -hmm. them a W-8 Ben, they give you different statements. You know, it's going to be a different, um, like it's not going to show all the gains or report to the IRS like that. So a question, what brokerage are you using? I got TD Ameritrade and Weeble. Okay, so Weeble probably won't work with you if you're using a W-8 Ben. It's, um, they pro I think they only work with U.S. residents. So I don't think they will. But No, TD I think I, I, I checked with them. They do allow Indians. Residents from Indian country to open a brokerage account. Oh, cool! So that's new because we both didn't. I think it didn't allow that before. Yeah. So they they allow people it, it, from. Uh, cool. I'm gonna tell my yeah, team yeah. to check on that one. Yeah, and also have two rental properties over there. In the U.S. Yep. Yes, sir. Okay. Check. So. So you'll still have to file tax returns and report the income and loss from the rental property, but 
you want to do it, you, it's you're going to file it as a non-resident you know it's going to be a 1040 nr that you file instead of the 1040 and, and you have to do specific elections to be allowed to take your uh expenses for your rental income you need to elect to treat it as effectively connected income so mm -hmm. there's there's some things you have to do i mean at first is file your final tax return for when you leave are you still going to have do i to, need to file it right now or at the end of the year at the end of the year you can file it's it's actually going to be a kind of a confusing filing if you left in the middle of the year because you'll have yeah exactly no let me see it'll be you just have to split the the income between the resident and the non-resident period yes sir. i mean it's yeah it's not it's That's not what like, i thought yeah it's it's not so i'm thinking about how i would do it and it's kind of mm -hmm. i don't know kind of annoying but it can be yeah. it can be done you know it's not it's not like an easy thing you know it has to it's a lot of manual yeah. stuff there it's not putting the numbers in the system so um mm -hmm. yeah you have to you have to do that and you definitely have to tell the brokerages you're non-resident and then uh, and then mm -hmm. you can continue trading and paying no taxes in the u.s and you're on your own brokerage and on your trading yep but one interesting thing i'm finding out is the tax rate in india is higher than the tax rate in the u.s like it's about 30 percent here plus four percent says on the like Let's take it as thirty flat, thirty percent, or something like that. But US, uh, what what would be the if that is the only income, and if it is about uh, let's say hundred k per annum, I would say it's twenty five percent, right? I'm just maybe, thinking like contemplating between, yeah, maybe less. I'm contemplating between creating an LLC over there just for trading and leave everything over there, rather than bringing all them with me so that I can save some on taxes. That's I mean, my one not, plan. The the LLC is not going to change your tax perspective. Really, it's still all passed through. It's uh, it's only if you had a corporation that was doing the investing, and that's going to pay. Or even S corp. Okay. Not not an S corp. You're not allowed to have an S corp if you're a non-resident. It's only you would only the only option would be a C corp. C corps aren't generally the best for doing investments, and the reason is because this only pays. Let me see. Um, Because I'm, um, yes, higher taxes, more flexibility. Why? When was this written? Twenty eighteen. Okay, so if you have, okay, so here's one thing: if you um use a C corp, yeah, the accumulated earnings tax. That's that's what I was thinking. So. If you use a C corp and you keep uh, more than what is it, like two hundred thousand dollars of accumulated profits, and that's two years worth uh -huh. of profits in there without distributing it, then they will um, they could assess accumulated earnings tax, and that's an additional twenty percent tax, and then that already puts you over what you would have been paying if it was personally. So you know, generally, I wouldn't advise a C corp for trading because it has a lot of complexity and a lot of poten potentially higher taxes. Gotcha. I would before doing that I would recommend just using an LLC and just not reporting it in India. We didn't hear it from me. So, um <laughs> So that, that's a, that's that's a good, that's one option which I'm thinking. <laughs> so it is an it is an option. Here's so here's something I want you to know. So you said you had 200k or 300,000 whatever and that you're mm -hmm. investing. So as a non-resident if 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 you if you have this in stocks and you and you die in U.S. stocks and you die, your family is going to have to pay forty percent basically on the amount over um, sixty thousand that you have in the account, 
and then they have yeah. to prove, and then they have to prove that they paid it. It's like a, it's mm-hmm. like a ten month process, and then they can get the money back, and they have to pay the taxes before they can get the money back. It's really complicated, and the way to avoid that is by opening a brokerage account with a multi member LLC. Mm-hmm. Because if a member dies, the LLC is obviously still there and still operating. So that's something that's really important with, um, you know, to because it, once you have it, it's it's a little annoying to set up. I'm not going to lie. Once you you have the multi member LLC, we can set that up. But getting approved by the brokerages with the multi member LLC, for some reason, it's just like it it works sometimes, and sometimes they say no, and it, there seems to be no r- rhyme or reason to the decision making. Uh-huh. Um, but but it is quite possible, and me and my team are working on finding better ways to make this happen um, for our yeah. clients and for the public, better ways to get it approved. But that's what I would recommend how you continue investing is through a multi-member LLC to protect yeah, yourself from the estate taxes and to have your own, you know, a little, and, and the cost of maintenance and keeping that open is very low. So mm-hmm. that's probably what I would recommend. You have, you know, you have some tax stuff. I can help you with that if you want, um, need help with your yes, tax sir. Well, I saw you, I saw your YouTube videos and find you. You are one of the most resourceful person, like most knowledgeable person based on my research. Oh, nice. uh, that helping people outside you who are currently right, right outside USA. So I felt like you uh, uh, going with you is my best wise choice. Yeah, thanks. I mean, especially with, mm-hmm. um, you know, all this stuff changes so quickly. But the tax mm-hmm. filings I've been doing, I've been doing the tax returns for a long time and they uh, can be. They can be quite particular, you know, and you want to just get it done right and not have to think about it again. That's kind of the idea. So I like to, I explain myself pretty well when I work with clients on that stuff. So yeah, you have, you know, you have some stuff to do there and then you also have, um, you know, I, I would, I would consider doing the multi-member LLC and doing it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can so make when, it happen. So when uh, you said, uh, when, when we do a multi-member LLC and we pay, do we pay taxes in USA or just is it a pass-through? It's, it's still a pass-through. So what will happen is, and it's really interesting how this is done. So with a single member LLC, there's nothing like you file a 5472. For a multi-member LLC, you can keep tell the brokerage you're a U.S. person. The brokerage mm-hmm. won't withhold any taxes. And then we have to do the partnership tax return. Um, and if you get any dividends, we would withhold the taxes from the partnership level. And then we yeah. attribute the gains to each of the partners. And that's on a statement. So it's a little bit more disclosed how much money you make. Uh, when mm-hmm. you have a partnership, you have to actually kind of share that with the IRS, but you don't mm-hmm. have to pay any taxes on it personally because there's no effectively connected income. So it's it's a yeah. different it's a different procedure, but it's yeah. the same result of no taxes and also um, you know you get the added estate tax um, protection. Yeah. So, but in that case, oh, I don't think there is any, any way if I don't put an, it on W eight Ben, there is no way for India to know what income I'm getting it. So I, I mean, like I, I know it is not a, it's not a professional advice, but do you think if I skip, will I, will I land in trouble in future? I had, hold on, let me, let me find something I was working on with one of my teammates here. I'm gonna share my yes, screen sir. for a second. So I'm working on this like, this thing, and we're we're talking about information sharing between the U.S. and how the IRS exchanges information. They have these things called uh, competent authority agreements which rely mm-hmm. on double tax conventions, blah, blah, blah. And we have, I have a list of the countries here. Mm-hmm. And India is on there and they do have two that were set up in 2019. It looks like, I don't know how they are. Let's look at them real quick. And let's actually, this is a link too. So let's play this one and see what this does. 
Co so this is the country by country reporting jurisdiction status table. So these are country by country reporting data will be exchanged pursuant to bilateral com competent authority agreements, which are aligned conventions, tax agreements, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, arrangement between the competent authority of the United States of America and the competent authority of one Republic of India exchanged by country by country reports. So there is some status, some level of information exchange how it's used, how it's exchanged, who knows what is a little bit tricky because when we have this partnership, here's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. we, we're going to do the partnership tax return. There's an EIN number, but you being the partner, I, I probably won't put your, if, if we get you an ITIN number, I might not put your ITIN number on your K-1. So there will be no, nothing really connecting you to the company. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. next year. Yeah. Starting next year, they're doing a thing with, um, and this is where it could change because in next year, there's the Corporate Transparency Act is starting and it's going to be in compliance. So every foreign owned company has to, you know, basically submit the passport of the owner and tell them who tell the U.S. Um, financial Crimes Division, FinCEN, who they are, who the owner of these mm -hmm. foreign companies are. So I'm going to have mm -hmm. to basically do it for every single one of my clients. And um, that might make this easier. But, you know, it's just like there's so much information and you're just a, a, a do a guy with like who's doing some trading and stuff. You know, it's not. Yeah. I don't know. In the U.S., you're, you're way under the I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty low risk. Um, you can you mm -hmm. can. But that's that's up to you. You know, there is there is some level of information exchange. There is some level of information being captured. You just mm -hmm. have to decide. Um, if 30% is is like what what the penalties are if you don't pay because like here if you don't pay uh, and you and you make a case that you had no idea what you were doing or that you didn't think you had to you know you basically just pay the taxes with some interest and penalties so it's it's not not that expensive a risk you know it's not like jail time or anything you could pay the taxes later yeah if it is that if it is that uh, I mean like if it is not that much risk in USA I don't think it will be that risky in India for sure yeah exactly sure, I don't want to sure tell about people that. I don't want to tell people yeah. not to pay their taxes, but you know, you have to assess your level of yeah, risk yeah. and especially it's, someone it's, like you who's an active investor. So if you can take uh -huh. that 30% and you can make more money on it than the IRS would make on it, um, you know, yeah. than, or, or the Indian IRS, then you have to see like if it may, <laughs> if it's worth it. So that's up to you. I can tell you in the, in the U S it's, um, it's a pretty, it's pretty, um, clear. It's pretty understood that you don't have to pay any taxes on, yeah. on the stuff. But I want, you know, so I think this is cool, when, company authorities. When when we do that multi-member LLC and it's completely legal to hide our names, right? There is no reason no, for, we'll to put, put your, out our details. We'll put your names on there, but it's not like you, you were putting your, like, it'll have Passport it'll have your, number or something Yeah, it's like not going to have your passport numbers and stuff. But that's why I'm saying when you okay. do the Corporate Transparency Act, they're going to say who owns what companies and stuff like that. So there might be ways to connect it later. Okay, so when we do the multi-member LLC in USA, how much like funding? How how do I fund the account if I need to transfer some amount from US to India or India to US? I mean, it's the same way you do it now. So if if we did this, we would open the company, open a bank account, and then apply for the brokerage accounts. And then you if mm -hmm. we do if we do TD Ameritrade as well, you could probably tra um, transfer between brokerage accounts as a way to yes, fund, as a way to fund it. You know, and you can have your your brother or your mother or whoever be a 1% owner of your company to make it a partnership, mm -hmm. you know, or you can have two people be 1% owners and that way it's really still all you. And, mm -hmm. but it's still, but then it's still a partnership. 
So, yes, sir. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, you open the accounts and you just have to transfer it how you would now. It's the exact same. It's there's still just bank accounts and investment accounts. So it's the same as you're doing it now, just with an yes, a company. And how much you charge for this, for doing all of this and uh, how many days it will take and what all documents you need from me. So I can get, so we have our packages for, um, and, I, and I'll, I'll email you all the details because I have, I'm yes, going to put this on YouTube is a good call, but um, we, we get everything done for you. The company open in like 14 days and then I can help you with the application um, completing that. And I don't know how long it's going to take them. I don't, I can't, you know, it's, that's something we're still working on. I would, I would apply at interactive brokers as well. They're a little bit easier um, okay. in terms of um, accepting company applications, but interactive brokers and TD Ameritrade are usually the easiest ones. And, and then you mm -hmm. can probably keep, I would probably keep like Webull as a personal account and just lower the balance that you have in there. Maybe, you know, like yes, trade with like 50,000 or something, keep it under the 60 or even close to it. So that you can have, you can, you can, you can diversify a little bit. You don't need to have it all in one. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you can, you know, you know how it is. Like maybe you do riskier stuff in the Webull and you do more conservative stuff in the yeah. other one, however you want to manage it. So the only um, problem yeah. with Webull is they are not allowing uh, LLC accounts unless the account is 100K worth. Just okay. an FYI. In okay. case if you are doing some research for your we other are, plans. We are, we're doing, I have uh, most of my uh, team members are just attorneys and, and the countries where I work. So uh, I'm just having mm -hmm. them all apply for these accounts. We're documenting it all. We're trying to figure out the best way because they're just so inconsistent with how they uh, process these applications. So yes, sir. So yeah, I mean, we can we can get the company open for you really quick and help you with the application. And then, you know, obviously give you ongoing tax support and um, what if you need legal docs, if you ever need anything. We do kind of a private client, all-inclusive kind of thing. Yes, sir. And, um, yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone's who works with us is, is happy, and I think uh, mm -hmm. you know, I think you'd be happy with it too. And then you know, later with the tax filing stuff, that's going to be next year. Just keep all your documents uh, organized and everything, and we'll be mm -hmm. we'll be fine. Yes, sir. But but no matter what you do, you should probably tell the brokerages just give them a W eight um, BEN so that they stop like w reporting that you have U.S. source income, like the current uh, current place, right? Yeah, even the ones you're currently working with, give them the WABEN form because right okay. now you're a U.S. resident and they're going to send you a 1099 and tell the IRS how much money you made for the whole year. And it's going to be yeah. it's going to be really confusing for your reporting, you know, because then we're going to have, I have a tax return that's part year resident, part year non-resident with these capital gains that are part year taxable, part year non-taxable. It's going to just be a little messier and you need to, they need to know that anyway. So, um, yeah. would, you know, it's not hard. It's a really easy form. You can do it right now if you want. Uh, yes, sir. If possible. Yeah, let's do it. I'll share my screen again. But I mean, you're going to find this. <laughs> w -A uh, is this going to be recorded? Well, I mean, we're, I'll, I'm going to just go over it. I mean, I, it is recorded right now, but I'm oh, just going to, okay. I'm just going to go over it. Like what you do, like this is the form. Yes, it's, sir. it's one page. So you have okay. name of individual, your name, country of citizenship, mm -hmm. your permanent address, your mm -hmm. U.S. tax ID, if you have one. Your foreign yes, tax ID, if you have one, and then your date of birth. So this is literally all basic info. And then the claim of treaty benefits. Actually, you don't. You do all the trading. You don't do any dividend investments. No. So I guess we can still reference the treaty. You're from India. Dividends. So I mean, you can have. 
what's the treaty rate here? Is it 15%? Okay, so however, 15% of the gross amount of dividends if the beneficial owner is a company who which owns at least 10% of the voting stock of the company. Yeah, so it's not you. So it's 25% of dividends. So I mean, you can reduce it from 30 to 25%. So here you put India and then you put 25 uh, article, what article is this? Article 10 of the treaty to claim a 25% rate of withholding on dividend income. Okay. Yeah, so that's basically all, you, and then you sign it. And that's- um, Yes, sir. So it's really simple, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we don't have yeah. to do it. All. You can do it. You know, you can do it. That's it, really. It's, yeah, it's, I can do that myself. That, I just yeah, need those it's really what's your name and your address, so you know that. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And that's that's that. So yeah, see how how to figure out how to submit that to them, and then yeah, we can do the applications for interactive brokers and TD Ameritrade. And I was we're trying to work with TradeStation. Have you heard of TradeStation? Yes, I do. They were so. They have a really cool website and they're like, yeah, we can definitely open accounts for non-residents. And they just, I have an account that's been, we've been emailing them back and forth for like six months and it's been, it's just crazy. They ask the dumbest questions. So I'm like, I'm getting kind of turned off by them, but I'm going to try one more person with them. Yeah. <laughs> they keep giving you feedback. So, um, and what, uh, in that, in this case of multi-member LLC, what should happen to my, like, all my trading income, everything goes on to this multi-member LLC, but what happens to my rental income, rental properties over there? That's all, that can all be in your name still. That's fine. I mean, it's if you own that, you should probably own those properties in LLCs just for legal liability purposes. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about that, but uh, I thought like, uh, I just had good umbrella insurance, which covers liability on both properties. About I mean, uh, three million. That's up, so that's up to you. As long as you understand, you seem like a smart guy. I mean, you had an H one B and you have some money and whatever. So you sound like a smart guy. That's up to you. I mean, if there's low risk, that's fine. Um, yeah, th there's low risk properties because I have those properties from about three years. So I was like, I felt comfortable with them. I have good tenants and good property managers in place uh, for those properties, as well as I had. To shield myself from from personal liability, I had good umbrella insurance. That's so you had so you pay for good insurance instead of for the the LLCs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. So LLC, so, so. yeah. So I mean, uh, the LLC is usually what I'd recommend. But if you have a lot of insurance and you've been doing it, it's I mean, from a tax perspective, it's the exact same result. You know, you still put yeah. it on your personal tax yes, return, man. and it shouldn't. It's going to be just like anything else. It's not going to be a huge tax burden unless you're really crushing it. You know, unless you really. Um, you just make a ton of money on the properties. You know, most people cash flow them and make a little gotcha. bit of money and stuff, but you know, it's not gonna, it's not yeah, gonna it's be just a, cash flowing. Yeah, so, so that's good. Um, I don't think you need to do anything there. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir, I'm looking forward for your email regarding all the details like your services offered. Yeah, I'll send it to you right now before I forget. Okay, yes sir. <laughs> And it was nice talking with you and thank you for sparing your time for me this morning. No, thanks for, you know, I think this is a really good video. I think we have a lot of good uh, information out of this. So I hope, um, you know, it's it's helpful and, uh, you know, it was really nice to meet you. I'll send you that email. Hopefully we work together. And yes, that's sir. it. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day.
You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So Cy, really nice guy. He uh, had a lot of great questions. That was a really quick call. I just had all my copies, so I'm really jacked up right now, really going. Um, we learned about some competent authority agreements. I got to make more videos on that. I got some uh, a lot of research that we've done on that. So I'm going to make some more videos on that. If you're a non-resident and you own real estate, there's different ways. You have to, you have to pay your taxes in the U.S. if it's located here. If you have investment accounts, there's you know, a lot of the biggest hurdle with those is just getting the accounts open and registering and doing all of that stuff. So, you know, I think he has a good handle on it. I think we can help him clean it up and make it a little better because he just left the U.S. and, you know, protect his assets as much as possible, lower his taxes as much as possible. And then it's up to him. However, he reports whatever he's going to report in U.S. That's why on these videos, we just have a first name and we don't put anything else on there. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I don't want to condone tax evasion because that's not right. You should pay your taxes. But I'm also not going to tell people how to pay their taxes in their home country, only how to do their taxes here in the U.S. So thanks for watching the video. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to schedule a call with me, I do have times in the, in the description below. If you want to watch some of our courses on how to open your own U.S. company instead of working with me, it's obviously cheaper to watch the course. And I think they're very informative. That's great. If you want to file your own 5472s, I have a course for that too. I'm putting out more stuff on my Spanish channel and my Tu Empresa en America channel. I know I should change the Tu Empresa in USA because um, I speak Spanish too and have those going. That's all there too. Comment if you have a question. And if you're watching all the way to this point, just, just give me that thumbs up. Don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you guys in the next video. Thanks.